The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is the division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. We're getting ready to vote in congressional and U.S. Senate races all over the country, which means hearing from candidates focusing on things like abortion and access to firearms. But are more homeowners also starting to focus on these issues? I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And today I'm joined by Redfin senior economist, Daryl Fairweather. Daryl, thanks for joining me. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. And and I, I think I've only given this out to one other person, but I think we can give you the friend of the pod status now since you've been on <laughs> several times. Uh, and we're, we're talking about people moving on social issues. And I in the intro, I said homeowner, but really we're looking more at home buyers. Uh, we've, we talked about this way back shortly after the, the Supreme Court overturned the Roe versus Wade decision about what we might see. And, and I know at Redfin, you've been tracking this. So what are we seeing now that home, home buyers have had the chance to digest this and, and look at the landscape? Right, right. So it looks like abortion rights are a more salient issue for home buyers. Uh, more than half of U.S. home buyers and sellers want to live somewhere that has legal abortion, that's up from 40% last year. So it looks like Roe v. Wade has uh, brought this issue to the forefront of home buyers' minds. And and are we seeing this the other way as well? Um, you know, I know we also had questions about what would happen now that states have the right to choose whether or not people have access to abortion and, and questions about whether we would also see more conservative-leaning people say, yeah, this matters to me more now. Are we seeing this in the data that you're seeing, or is this tend to be more on people who want to see access to abortion? It's more for the pro-choice crowd than the pro-life crowd. So the share of people who say they prefer to live somewhere where abortion is not legal is actually down from last year. It's now 23% compared to 32% a year ago. And of course, we've seen in polling that attitudes towards uh, you know, pro-choice, pro-life, that's not really changing. So it seems like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what we're seeing is homes that home buyers are now taking this into consideration, right? That they they used to maybe not care, but now they're thinking about this kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's the right interpretation. I mean, all we have are the survey results, but that seems like what's going on. That before, because abortion was guaranteed at the federal level, it wasn't as top of mind for people who are moving across state lines. But now it is a much bigger deal. The laws that are on the state at the state level. And are we seeing this shift with other social issues, quality of life issues, uh, or is it mostly just access to abortion that we're seeing people uh, really think about it? Well, it seems like uh, most home buyers want to live somewhere with strong gun protections, uh, with gun control laws. And then with with respect to LGBTQ rights, that's also top of mind. Uh, More than half of respondents prefer to live somewhere with laws prohibiting discrimination based on gender or sexual orientation. And and are you 
surprised by this shift, given that what we've seen in the past is people care about, obviously, access to work. Where is my family? Cost of living, traditional economic things or, or you know, access, you know, closest to my family. Are, are you surprised by this shift or, you know, not that we're here to talk political science, but we've just seen political divide infiltrate seemingly every aspect of life. Is it kind of seem natural that it would also impact where people want to live? We are seeing a record share of home buyers move to a new metro. So whenever there's a move, there are considerations like what jobs are there. But with remote work, that's not the top concern, especially for remote workers. They start to think about other factors like are they going to be close to family? What's childcare going to be like? And also what are the state laws regarding the issues that they care about? So I think as home buyers have more flexibility over where they choose to live. That makes them more basically pickier about where they decide to live. It's not just where they're stuck in place. They have more choice. And are we seeing this in their play out in their choices? Again, obviously, this is a fairly new decision. So people are going to up and move because of stuff like this, uh, because of, of, of laws and policies. This is going to obviously be a new trend. They might only be starting to look. Are we seeing people follow through? Obviously, we see polls where people say, yeah, I feel this way, but then they don't follow through. Are we seeing people follow through yet with moving based on this or at least seemingly based on these decisions? It would be very hard to detect the most, the highest motivating factor for where people live is just affordability, especially in this economy with inflation going up and mortgage rates going up. I think just finding a home within somebody's budget is the top priority for most people. So it can mask a lot of these other social effects. And you also mentioned one big one is right now, remote working still gives a lot of home buyers the freedom to to move where they want to move. But we're seeing companies slowly shift back towards bringing people to office, uh, especially as COVID becomes more manageable in, in most people's minds. Does that seem like once that starts to happen, that could be the biggest hurdle towards people moving based on social views? I, again, it always goes back to people's pocketbooks. So people will go where homes are affordable and where job opportunities are plentiful. Uh, I don't think remote work is a fading trend or yeah, a, a trend that's going to fade. I think that it's going to be even stronger in the coming years as companies start to figure out how to leverage remote work. Uh, I mean, there will be some companies that go back to in office if that works best for them. But I think I think a lot of people are going to have more choice than they used to have regardless. Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.nemortgageexpo.com. You know, obviously, we we know you know the political maps. We always see the red versus blue versus purple political maps, and and what states tend to favor which which policies. Um, but but just sort of looking at the housing market landscape, are there states that we look at that might benefit most if home buyers start to follow through? I'm thinking particularly California. I know Redfin put out another survey today or report rather, looking at you know as the housing market cools, the West Coast where it was a huge hit pandemic hotspot starting to see a big correction. Do we think that there's a possibility that people now upping and moving on social issues could sort of stem that tide, get a rebound in the California market or other states that we look at that might benefit more than others from this shift? 
The biggest challenge to live in California still remains affordability. Now, they're doing some things to increase the supply of housing, like reforming zoning laws and getting rid of minimum parking requirements, uh, which should help to increase the supply of housing. But it doesn't really matter for a state like, I mean, lots of people want to live in California. It's just not everybody can afford to do it. So if California becomes more appealing because of these social issues, that the, the barrier is still going to be there of affordability. And on the flip side, is it safe to assume some of the, you know, if again, if this trend p- plays out and home buyers are moving based on what they're they're saying in this survey data, um, that that some of the, you know, conservative stalwarts like Texas, for example, that they could see an exodus of some people moving out based on some of these uh, issues? I think it's going to matter for some people on the margin, people who uh, maybe were considering leaving the state anyway, and this is like the final straw, but I don't think it's going to be a large effect um, just because most people don't have the flexibility to move across state lines. There's other considerations like affordability and family ties, social networks, all of that. But, you know, I think it will matter on the margin. Sure. And and while I have you, it's always good to get your sort of views generally on on what we are seeing in the housing market. Because I think we keep seeing things that people hope, oh, maybe uh, the, the tide has turned. I mean, mortgage applications ticked up last week. We just got the census data that shows, at least for new homes, uh, we saw a nice rebound in, in August. So maybe some things that people want to clutch to as a sign that things will be okay. But what are we seeing in terms of buyer demand with the housing market? Are, are we seeing a rebound? Or are we going to continue to see things tighten up? Well, everything you just mentioned, I think, speaks to how resilient demand is so far has been so far with these higher mortgage rates but just this week it looks like mortgage rates are going up even higher so that's going to just be another hit to the housing market but i think fundamentally the housing market is strong it's been strong so far and it seems to be able to sustain high mortgage rates what happens is is that there are just fewer transactions it's not like prices start to fall it's just that Sales have been going into a bit of hibernation mode, which is normal for this time of year, but just much more pronounced with these higher mortgage rates. I think we just have to wait and see what happens next year with the economy before we can really know what's going to happen with the housing market. Because with the Fed's options, we could be in a recession next year, or we could be facing higher mortgage rates or lower mortgage rates. It's really just up in the air in terms of where inflation and interest rates go from here. And then, you know, again, tying it back to to our audience and in the mortgage industry. Those are all things that are outside of an originator's hands as our supply, which, of course, would help relieve some of that that affordability issue. Is there anything originators can do, at least from what you're hearing from realtors? Is there anything originators can do to sort of help move sales along? Or is this really just we just have to wait for wages to catch up with prices or vice versa uh, and some sort of normalcy on affordability? I think just helping people understand what they can afford um, with the income that they have and the way interest rates are, helping them understand the volatility of rates um, so they know that, you know, one day they may lock a rate and the next day it may go up or it may go down. And that's just a risk that they're going to have to figure out and uh, and cope with. So there's just a lot of uncertainty. So I think just adding as much context and understanding would be best. And then just lastly, with, with with people breaking contracts over the last couple of months, we've seen that sort of pick up, at least in terms of a share of, of the contracts that are there. Are we seeing those buyers stay in the market? Maybe they're breaking them for a better option, or are they just saying, you know what, now is not the time to buy a home and I need to to step out? 
Uh, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, earlier, I think people thought that they were maybe not getting the best deal considering how the market was changing. So they pulled out so that they could get a different home. Um, now I think people should kind of understand how the market has shifted and it may just be more cold feet, more things turning up during inspections or at other points during escrow that push buyers into thinking that it's not really the home they want. And then on top of that, with all the economic uncertainty, it's easy to understand why people might get scared or get cold feet. Daryl, thanks as always for joining us and sharing some insight from the real estate side on what's going on in the housing market. Thank you. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here's your headlines for today, September 28th. The yo-yoing mortgage rates are causing problems for buyers who are trying to time the market. A new Redfin report shows that the buyer of a $500,000 home would have seen their total mortgage costs fall by $64,000 from July to August. But if they bought it now, that cost would go up by $118,000 compared to that August price. And that could be why mortgage applications fell back down after a one-week bump. Applications fell by 4% and purchase apps are now down 29% from a year ago. Refi activity is 84% down. And finally, the shrinking market continues to result in job losses in the mortgage industry. This time, it's Angel Oak laying off 20% of its staff. That's 75 people. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.